just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Great to have you here today. We're going to talk about a somewhat difficult topic today, but I think a very important topic today. And what you're going to see and hear is like nothing else that I frankly have seen or heard. Uh, and I've been doing interviews for quite a while. Um, Alzheimer's disease is a very tough one. If you've ever uh, experienced it with a loved one, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's. Uh, it, it's a difficult one. And, and today's guest is in the battle. And beyond just that, he has made the extraordinary decision to document it, and it's in a film. And so I'm going to show you a clip of the film, and then we're going to talk to Greg O'Brien, uh, who is the man in the fight uh, and the subject of this film. So take a look at this. And we'll be right back with Greg O'Brien. This is a quiet thief in the night that relentlessly robs from the patient the sense of identity, personality, and ultimately the very essence of self. It's like having a sliver of your brain shaved every day. It took out family members. Now Alzheimer's has come for me. As a journalist, I put a stake in the ground and said, we're going to start to talk about it. We need what you have and what you do because I've never met or talked to anyone like you. He's making it possible for people to look at this disease long enough to do something about it. Otherwise, people just look away. I see myself as a window, not a martyr, because otherwise I don't want to do this. This is a guy who makes everyone around him feel great, despite the fact he doesn't feel so great. And that cannot be easy. That's a level of emotional, and I would say even spiritual resilience that is really inspirational and a model for us all. That is Have You Heard About Greg, uh, and I would like to welcome now Greg O'Brien to Life Today Live. Greg, appreciate you being here. Well, it's an honor to be here, and thank you. Uh, first question I, I feel like I should ask is, is, how are you doing today? Well, in Alzheimer's, um, you never know who's going to show up. Uh, it's a demon of a disease, and um, an average 60% of my short-term memory can be gone in 60 seconds. It's just like, boom, boom, boom. Uh, I don't recognize people I've known all my life. And uh, if you put me in a room where I don't expect to see people, I, 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 won't, I won't recognize them. Uh, the brain in Alzheimer's can't process noise properly. So it's almost like that scene in Psycho before someone got stabbed, that loud screeching noise. Uh, and um, I see things that aren't there. I have uh, tremendous depression. Um, I'm not proud of this. Twice uh, I tried to leave the planet until the Lord took me aside and said, not your time and not your place. So you had said early on, referred to me as the man in the fight. 
I like to think of myself in the horn section of the Lord's Symphony Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord is leading and uh, I'm just trying to do my job as a uh, career journalist. And, and, and the film, by the way, was uh, based on uh, the book on Pluto Inside the Mind of Alzheimer's that was published uh, uh, years ago and it's uh, available on Amazon if anyone's interested. All right. Um, how, how advanced is the Alzheimer's in you right now? Well, there are so many um, stereotypes. Uh, Alzheimer's is a disease that can take 20 to 25 years to run its course. I lost my maternal grandfather, my mother, my father, and paternal uncle. And my mother, who's the hero of my life, she fought this for 25 years. I'm, I'm in it right now for 10. Um, I don't want to make it to 25. I also have uh, advanced prostate cancer. Uh, my In this disease, your body breaks down because um, brain signals aren't connecting. Uh, my spine was disintegrating. Uh, a year ago, I had uh, major spine replacement surgery at New England Baptist Hospital. Plates, steel rods, screws. Uh, was a, supposed to be a five-hour operation. Turned out to be 10. Lost The doctors told me I lost seven pints of blood. They pumped back into me, and I almost started a heart attack. So do you believe in God? <laughs> you, you, you better at this point, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for lightning bolts coming down when I screw up. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it, the flip side of that theologically would be that uh, God's got his hand on you for a reason, I, I would say. Uh, do you well, sense- I, I'm the most imperfect guy in the world, yeah. Irish guy. Committed every sin a man can commit, I always say, but murder and adultery, and I've probably been tested in both. But uh, I, I have a strong belief, and um, I know that uh, God gives us things to do and, and missions, and, but all glory is the Lord's, not mine. I'm just in the horn section, man, just trying to, to do my job. And, and uh, the other day, um, I got mad at God, and I think you can get mad at God at times, and uh, I called God out. Uh, and in a WTF conversation, your audience can figure out what that means. I'll be polite enough not to say it. And I said, do you know who I am? You gave me Alzheimer's. You took my family. You gave me prostate cancer. Now I have the beginning of macular degeneration. Half of my body or a good part of my body is numb. I had major spine surgery. I'm trying to do my job. Do you have a clue who I am? I was angry. And I think and your viewers might know better, but I think God talks to you in language you understand and you use. Yes. So I was shouting and I said, um, and I heard I heard a response in language that I used. I was shouting at God. I said, do you have a clue who I am? And I heard in my soul, and it was loud, yes, dumbass, I made you. <laughs> and I have you right where I want you. And I go, okay, I just needed to know you were there. Can we move on now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 religious people don't don't like certain words, uh, but I, I I sense there's something very true in that uh, in that God does put us in our place, but not um, in a punishment kind of way. Not not in that you know stereotypical nun in the school classroom just beating you know students senselessly. 
I think there's and a purpose. I was raised Catholic and went to Catholic school, so I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, so yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. Brian, O'Brien, so it's a clue. Irish Catholic, yeah. You know, my I'm, I was adopted at birth. My biological father uh, is Irish Catholic, 100% Irish Catholic oh, from Philadelphia. Good. So there a little bit of a connection. Anyway, um, but here's here's my question: is is why do you think God has allowed this in your life? Um, because I think before we're all born, we all have a calling and a mission. And um, my mother, um, before she died, um, she told me, you need to write about it. My journey, the book on Pluto, as well as the film, is about Alzheimer's and about pushing for the cure. But if you dig deeper, it's about life and taking the next steps and getting to heaven in faith, hope, and humor. And so that's been, and, and I'm, I'm all on board with the Alzheimer's cause, but I do feel part of, um, as an imperfect person, part of my journey is to uh, talk about faith, hope, and humor. And, and, and we're all gonna have an end day. The great Bugs Bunny, although he was paraphrasing someone else once said, don't take life too seriously because nobody gets out alive. Yeah, 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 and that's, that's true. You know, a couple of notes. One, God, if you look in the Bible, God always used imperfect people to complete his perfect will. And so, yeah, look at the apostles. Yeah. Oh, exa- exactly. I mean, and, and Paul, right? Um, so you, you, I, I recognize the, the, the humor and, and, and the humility in, in pointing out your imperfections. And I think it's encouraging to say, you know what, even the imperfect, even the ones who, you know, we're not worthy at all. Um, God can use, even in a season of great struggle, do you sense, do you have any sense of God's hand in your daily life? Yeah, I um, feel there are times when I have, and I, I my doctor once said this to me. Um, he said, Greg, I have a sense that you have one foot in this world and one foot in the next realm. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. And I want to get to the next realm, but I keep getting told it's not your time. And um, and I don't know why, you know, you ask the questions, why, why this, why that? I, I think there are millions and millions of why this, why not that? And I think the answer to it is whatever it is, uh, look at what's going around the world. Whatever it is, our prize is in heaven, not this world. Yeah. And, um, and if God has given you an assignment, you do it. I, I have a strong belief. I don't know how you feel about it, about angels. And, and I, I feel angels around me. And I know that some people don't believe in that, but, but uh, I, I feel angels around me. And my mother felt angels were around her. Um, she went and I was her caregiver, family caregiver on, on the Cape and was there at both my parents' death, deaths. And um, my dad died first, but my mom toward the end, we were driving, and I'm not allowed to drive anymore, but my wife and I would drive her around and she would say, look at that yellow car, look at that yellow. It, it, everything was about yellow. And Mary Catherine said, what is it about yellow? So as a journalist, I went online and there were all sorts of things about yellow, but yellow was the color of angels. Hmm. And so my brother, Tim, went out and bought a yellow Jeep. And <laughs> I went out, a two-door Jeep, and I went out and... Um, 
bought a four-door Jeep just to let him know mine was bigger than his. That's a kind of an Irish joke. You could leave that. Your audience will turn me off, I guess. But um, there is a coarseness to this disease. And we used to drive my mom around. And when it came time to take her to the nursing home, which was the uh, um, toughest day of my life, uh, my brother stayed back at the cottage on Cape Cod. I drove over the nursing home and I called him and I said, Tim, you're not going to believe this two yellow cars in front of us and two yellow cars behind wow. us. Wow. And that happened all the way down to the nursing home. She was surrounded by angels. Yeah. 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 Squire Rushnell, another journalist, um, longtime journalist, at ABC calls those God winks. It's God yeah. just kind of going, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So you're familiar with the story of the, uh, paralytic who was lowered through the ceiling to get to Jesus. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that struck me about reading that uh, a while back was that what does Jesus do? They're like, he, you know, this heal, heal our friend, heal our friend. And Jesus looks at him. What does he say? He didn't say rise up and walk yet. He does say that. Right. First, he says, your sins are forgiven. I find that interesting because in our, this short life, this vapor, as the Bible calls it, we view healing as sort of the ultimate, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I would ask for Greg O'Brien to be instantly and miraculously healed. It would still be temporary because as you pointed out, no, we don't, none of us get out alive. But the idea of the forgiveness of sins is an eternal healing. It is the, the healing of the spirit that prevents eternal death. It's, it's eternal life. And so when I look at situations like this, I lost a sister when she was very young. My younger sister, she was 40 when she died of cancer. Um, these yeah, my sister of, six months ago died of cancer. Yeah. And, and again, a, a, an awful wasting disease. It's, 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 it's troubling, you know. Um, but when you look at the eternal ramifications of the forgiveness of sins and what Christ did on the cross and through the resurrection— it's sort. I think it sort of puts in place uh, the suffering in this life, um, and and so like you say, you 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 look forward to to heaven. I mean, I, I if I were in your shoes, that would almost be an obsession of mine. Um, yeah. How do you keep any? Is. Yeah, it is. Okay. How do you keep any focus on this world? Well, I my children. I have uh, three children, three grandchildren, and my wife, and. Um, I don't want to leave this world until if I have a choice and that's God's choice um, until I know they're all okay. And, um, and, and, you know, it's funny, uh, you raise a good issue in, in, uh, in church and um, uh, I go to Brewster Baptist church. Sometimes I go to the Catholic church, but Brewster Baptist in, in uh, on Cape Cod and Brewster. And um, a lot of times people, someone could be 90 years old and, which is, I understand they're praying for, and the focus is praying for healing. My suggestion is, I don't think I'm going to make it to 90 would be, let's pray, please pray for safe passage from me to heaven and pure passage. And whatever time is left, that's up to God, as opposed to please keep me on this earth because, um, well, my job is done. I don't want to be on this earth. There's just a lot of scary stuff going on here. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the other thing is, is when we think about heaven, if we just believe a little bit of what we're told, because we're not told a lot, let's be honest, but we know it'll be better. Uh, 
I mean, you know, it, it's kind of like com- complaining that someone took you from the barren desert of the Sahara to Hawaii, you know, and we're like, no, no. we want to stay in the desert. And it's like, well, you, you, you know, what cracks me up is um, my dad and I and my mom, we'd always have spiritual talks and, and my sister and I and, and uh, my brother-in-law who was married to my sister and, you know, get into the usual discussions on this and that. And guess what? They know all the answers now and I don't. <laughs> and that cracks me up. <laughs> well, uh, you know, knowing knowing and experiencing are two different things. So um, yeah. an interesting walk. All right, I want to show people the movie poster real quick. This is Have You Heard About Greg? Have You Heard About Greg? And it is, you can go to uh, H-Y-H-A-G, Have You Heard About Greg, dot com, and you can find out where to watch this movie, um, whether it's, you know, how long it's in theaters. Um, it's hard to know at this point uh, where it's going to land after that. But check out the website uh, because this is an important film, um, not just for those who may be dealing with Alzheimer's or you know with a loved one. I, th- I think I think it's way bigger than Alzheimer's. Greg, do you get the sense that, that God's doing something far bigger than than a film or a book through your yeah. experience? And and, and I, I feel God because I, I I want a God has a sense of humor, and I feel God saying. Greg, just stay out of the way and do your job, and I'll take it from here. <laughs> All right. So let me ask, what's your job? Do you think? Um, obedience. Yeah. I think it's that simple. Yeah. And faith. Yeah. Everything else is ancillary. Huh. Hey, and there brings up another one. Yeah. I mean, Jesus said, "My my sheep know my voice and obey." So I mean, it's pretty pretty simple when you get down to the bottom line. Um, you know, one 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 minister a long time ago. This guy, Mike Bickle, mm-hmm. tremendous guy out in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Long time ago, he once told me, and I never forgot it, God says we do. And faith can be that simple. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And that's interesting that you that you recall that with the memory issues. Well, I've written it down. It's it's in my office. <laughs> it's everywhere. Uh, uh, Philippians, the, 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 I forget the, the verse, but... Um, where it, it talks about what we need to focus on. That's in my office too. And I, I see that every day when I'm here. Well, can okay, let me ask you this. When you got the diagnosis, did it refocus you spiritually in any kind of way? Yeah. Um, I remember being in the uh, uh, neurologist's office and I had the, I saw the symptoms. I was there for my parents and I saw them in me and it really scared me. Yeah. And I couldn't do my job as a journalist. so doctors who are friends of mine, made sure I got all the right tests and, and the spec scans and, and, and uh, the, the brain scans and clinical t- tests. And then the diagnosis came out. And um, I remember sitting in the, in, the, in the neurologist's office outside Boston and, and hearing the words, my first reaction um, was relief. If, if you're going to fight an enemy in life, you need to know who the enemy is. Yeah. And, then, and then I felt the tears coming down the side of my face, excuse me. And I turned to my wife and I said, what about the kids? Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, maybe they'll come up with a cure, but at some point the train is left for me. Th- this disease is about the kids, your kids, my kids, anyone's listening, kids, our grandkids. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
in, in, in terms of finding a cure, but but use that search and the cure and faith, hope, and humor. So you're walking to the finish line in paradise. And I think I'm hoping that a lot of people will, that'll be a takeaway for a lot of people from the film and the book. You know, a funny thing when you ask about stuff like that, there were times, and I, my mom taught me this, to speak from the heart when the mind fails. And the heart is the place of the soul and the soul lives forever. And um, there are times when I was writing and I am writing and I'm writing from, I, God has given me a little bit of a key to my soul. And I think he'll give a key to everyone to their soul if they ask. And I'll be writing and I'll look at that and I will say, where did that come from? <laughs> I mean it. And, and, uh, and, and it's came from my soul mm -hmm. and it wasn't me. And I deserve no credit for it. And I, I praise God and thank God for that. But it comes from the soul, which is so important. Yeah. Um, it, well, it, it is important. And I think that is what lends the importance to what you're doing right now. You, your career was not your primarily, not, not really like in, in church related issues. I mean, it was, it was secular. So you're, yeah, I was investigative reporter. I covered organized crime. I covered politics. I I, I covered the mafia. Um, there was a time when I was earlier in my life, I had a, a death threat against me from uh, organized crime. And I thought I was so good at 26, someone wanted to kill me. <laughs> Go figure. Maybe I was having Alzheimer's then. But <laughs> So here's, here's my question, because you, you know, you've been in, in the world, in, in the secular world, um, have any of your, you know, co longtime colleagues, friends um, that have watched you over the last 10 years, um, have, what's been their response? Because I'm guessing, based on some of your words, that at that time you weren't necessarily, you know, the, the, the street corner preacher. No, uh, I, I, I want to be clear about that. I was just a typical Irish guy in, in my 20s going out and doing what, a lot of people do when they're in their 20s. I, I, I don't want anyone listening to have any other impression. Any change in me is from God. And if I could tell this, I got time to tell a story here that's Absolutely. related to what you're asking. Yeah. Um, you know, we would, uh, uh, after the deadline, uh, go out to the bars. And um, at one point, and I'm like 28, something 27. And at one point, it just got boring for me. And I felt drawn and pulled out. And I drove up the street to this beach called Four Mile Beach, Whitecrest Beach in Wellfleet. And um, the, the dunes are about 75 feet or higher and it slopes down to the ocean. And that night you could see the Milky Way and it was like someone flecked the sky with paint. And I started in a conversation. I didn't know who, I was asking questions. Who's God, who's Jesus? I was, you know, spoon fed as a Catholic. Who's God? Who's Jesus? And and I, I I the minute thing that came right back to me was, do you think this happened by accident, Greg, or by chance? <laughs> and I kept coming back, and uh, and I realized I was in a conversation with someone, but I didn't know who. <laughs> so um, fast forward a month later, I'm on Nossa Beach in Orleans. It's a beautiful. It's in early September. The sky is azure blue. I had a peace that I've never felt before. And I said, still with me, I said, Lord, is that you? Let me know. 
The next thing I know, I was in tears and and I and 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 I was down on the ground and I heard, I am real and I'm never gonna leave you. Mm. So for an imperfect guy who's lived the life that I have, I ain't second guessing God or the Lord or the Bible or anything else. I'm just gonna try to, I'm gonna make my mistakes along the way. But when you do, you get up and, and you confess and you move on. At the, at the time, I'm guessing you didn't know how consistent God is through scripture with just that message. Uh, yeah, I, but, it, now it, you it know. Was, but I just, it, God connected to my soul. Yeah. And, and lit that up. Yeah. And that was the moment. Yeah. Okay. So back to the question, what, what has been the response of some of your, your former colleagues in seeing this in you? Um, I think it has caused them to think about their own lives because they say, Greg, you know, you're not a perfect person. I said, of course not. I said, but, but God loves people who aren't perfect (laughs) as well as the people who are perfect, but chances are the people who are perfect aren't really perfect. And, uh, um, and, and so I think that's, that's had an impact on others. And I have a lot of friends of mine who are strong believers and, um, and, and they're going to be in line to get into heaven way before I am. But, um, uh, it, it, uh, I, I think some of my friends are watching. Yeah. Oh, I, I think way more than just your friends are watching. A lot of people are watching. Um, that's a unique position to, to be in, frankly. Um, hmm. What do you What do you want God to say to you when you when you reach heaven's gate? You know, um, I, I've said that. So I'm glad you asked this question because I've been asked it before, and I want. I think God with me is a little bit like Lurch in the Adams family and, and some of the stupid things that I do. And, 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 but he, but he says, but he's my servant. So, but I, when I get there, I, I want the Lord to look me in the eye and said, you sinned. And I know that, but you had a faith and you would never give up. And I love you. That's all I'm looking for. I, I don't want, and the other thing, I asked this the other day, and I'm curious what, what you say or what your audience thinks because I spent a life in writing and newspapering and stuff like that. I hope God gives us some things to do in heaven. I think like oh, yeah, being, yeah, in, yeah. being in a church and singing or however that, no, that's, no, no. that's fine. But, but I hope we get to do stuff. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, I have no doubt. I, honestly, I have no doubt because I mean, yeah. work was God's idea, you know? Um, and really some of the, the cartoon pictures we have of heaven are, are frankly boring and I don't think no. God's boring. No, no. Um, I don't know how much time we have. There is an important anecdote I'd like to tell you toward the end. So just keep that in mind. It's about my mother when she died. Yeah, do it. Let's, let's hear it. All right. Um, so when I took my mom to the nursing home, I knew she was going there to die. And, um, and I told her, I said, you can let go whenever you want, go see dad. I had two young brothers, Gerard and Martin, who died at an early age. You can go see Gerard and Martin, your parents and dad's parents. And, um, so I got a call one night from the nursing home and said, your mother's very upset. She's scared. I live two miles away. So it was like 9 30, 10 o'clock. And when I got there, she was in a room by herself where she, she was and she was asleep and I woke her up and she's this beautiful five foot one used to be like 109 pounds woman who had 10 kids and five miscarriages. Wow. So go figure. Jeez. And, um, and I woke her up and she's right at the end. And I said, mom, I'm sorry to wake you up, but, the nurse said, you were scared. And she said, no, Greg, I'm glad you're here. 
That was the first time in about eight months she knew my name. Mm. And there was a continence about her. Mm -hmm. And people talk about this when sometimes when someone dies, the spirit around them. I had put um, a photo. I'm not going away here. Don't get nervous. Uh, I had put a photo of my grandfather, who was an incredible man uh, who died of uh, uh, Alzheimer's. And I put it at the foot of her bed. So when she woke up every morning, can you see it like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she woke up every morning. My mom said, always said she she thought I looked like him. When when uh, uh, she woke she woke up every morning, she'd see her father. And you know, I don't care what anyone says. People question everything, but I felt my grandfather's spirit in the room. Mm. I felt it. I knew he was there. And so I held my mom's hand, sat next to her. We talked about little things, and. And, but she was talking where she couldn't talk before. And all of a sudden uh, she fell asleep. I got up, I kissed her on the forehead. She opened her eyes immediately and very straightforwardly said, Greg, where are you going? Hmm. And I realized the moment was at hand. Hmm. And I took her hand, I sat down and I said, mom, I'm not going anywhere. We're gonna ride this one out together. Hmm. I waited till she fell asleep. I got up, I kissed her on the forehead. She never woke up again. Fast forward months, months later, I was invited by the Alzheimer's Association to speak out in Hollywood before about a thousand top Hollywood producers, actors, all Emmy Award winners. And I was the keynote speaker going uh, on Alzheimer's and they had a lot of entertainment. Uh, this is a quick thing, I'll get to it. Going to give my speech, I looked out and I said, wow, there's not a lot of people who uh, sit, uh, stand in these shoes right here. And I got real nervous and I looked up to heaven and I said, mom, I wrote about this and I'm Pluto. That's why I can recall it. And I said, mom, this is for you. And I heard again in my heart, as I've heard before, Greg, you rock this, you just rock it. <laughs> and you know what? I went out and I had a prepared speech because I can't ad lib anymore. I rocked it. And while I was doing it, it was kind of cool. There was a woman standing behind me. She made me feel so special, so encouraged made me feel that I didn't need to fear anything. And um, toward the end, when I was finished my speech, a thousand people uh, stood up. David Hyde Pierce, the actor was the MC. And he goes, that's what we're talking about. Wanted to turn around and thank the woman. And she was gone. I went back to this, my seat, tables at 10. I turned to my wife, Mary Catherine, and I said, who was the woman standing behind me? She made me feel so comfortable. She made me feel so needed, so loved, so encouraged. Who was she? my wife said, what? <laughs> I said, who was the woman behind me? She was there. She was loving me. She made me feel so special. There was no woman. Yeah. I went around the table and 10 people said, you were on that stage alone. And I said, no, I wasn't. The spirit of my mother was there and probably hundreds or thousands of others in Alzheimer's that, that, are, that are with God now. Yeah. You know, we never know that that cloud of witnesses that the Bible refers to. We don't quite know what that looks like, and and I, I can see, I can see that God would allow just the comfort uh, and the support so that you could rock it for for Him. I, I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. All right, I want to show people the the uh, well. I point you to the website. It's h y h a g. Have you heard about Greg dot com? And and I'm promoting this because I really want you to go find the film. You go to the website; they'll tell you where to where to see it. Um, to support Greg and his work, uh, and to support those who are seeking a cure, and to encourage your soul. 
So, so check that out. And Greg, I want to give you the last word. Uh, you want to talk about the film? That's fine. Anything else you want to say? I just, I want to, I want to give you the final say in this this time. It's been very special, and I thank you for it. Well, I don't like to overpromote. You've done a nice job. Um, I'd like to say, look, um, God works with all of us. I hope any of my language wasn't too coarse today, but Alzheimer's will bring that out of you. <laughs> but um, I just wish the best for the audience and. Um, we serve uh, in an almighty and an incredible God who's with us in our souls and our hearts. Yeah, we do. Amen. Man, I sure appreciate that. And again, I appreciate you. Thank, thank you, sir. It's been an honor. Um, well, it was an honor to be asked to be on the show. I'm just in the horn section. Remember that? You must have Alzheimer's. You are. You are no, well, you're, you're playing a beautiful song, my friend. You're playing it beautifully. So thank you for that. Appreciate, right. appreciate all you guys hanging out, watching online, wherever you're at. Hit share, hit follow, hit subscribe, and check out Have You Heard About Greg? Um, H-Y-H-A-G.com. You can find the film. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.